I V M. Whether we live in joint or nuclear families, disagreements and conflicts with our own parents and in-laws over our parenting are common. In this episode, we'll discuss how the way we handle conflicts impacts our kids and how we can prevent these conflicts or at least prevent them from escalating. Almost every job in the world requires training, except parenting. You need to learn parenting on the job, and that can be really hard. Here on Big Talk About Tiny Humans, we want to help you navigate the world of parenting better and make your lives a little bit easier. Hi, I'm Meghna. And hi, I'm Devi Shobha. Every week, we bring you the best research on parenting. Top tips from experts and actionable strategies to confront the numerous challenges that all parents and educators face. So let's get started, shall we? You know, I've seen so many cases of late in therapy of couples having these massive conflicts. And what's the issue? You know, grandparents interfering in their parenting. And this causes a ripple effect on the couple's own relationship, their own mental health. The impact it has on the kids is, of course, another ballgame altogether. Mm. And I think especially because of the pandemic, the relationships of all types have become strained. You know, being stuck inside our homes, constantly staring at each other's faces, lack of physical and emotional space is just causing tension in our relationships. Relationships that were already sensitive to begin with. You know, having these conflicts is natural, no, Shobha? But let's talk about how and when these conflicts start to become unhealthy. Yeah, that is absolutely true, Meghna. There is absolutely no relationship in this world that is without conflicts. Be it mother-child, be it uh, husband-wife, be it mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, the infamous relationship, Mm -hmm. of course. Brother, sister, two friends, colleagues, everyone, right? So it's just, there's no relationship at all that doesn't have conflict. But I think... Conflict is good in many ways, but the way we handle conflict is what makes it, you know, sometimes unbearable for, you know, even at that moment and even later, sometimes just ends up spoiling the relationship altogether. And I think the way we handle the conflict is the most important thing. And the way we end up handling the conflict are in, you know, can be broadly put into four different categories. One is complain, of course, that you know, we have been wronged somehow in this entire conflict situation that the other party was wrong uh, to have blamed us and we are completely, you know, innocent. We had nothing to do, which could be the case sometimes, but then constant bickering about the situation, about especially the blame on the other person is what damages a relationship. And when it comes to children, like you said, you mentioned a great point that the impact that it has on the children, right? That is something that is very, very immeasurable that is even without her knowing it happens a lot. It impacts them a lot. And it happens because Mm. children are very, very highly equipped to read emotional signals much more than we parents understand or even know that they are capable of, right? Mm. Emotional signals can be read very easily. And uh, sometimes the result is that they end up becoming emotionally distant from everybody in the house because they just cannot tolerate the constant conflicts, right? And Mm. the other way that we usually end up handling conflict is we put barriers, you know, we say that, you know what, don't go. I mean, we had a conflict and, you know, abhi mat jao unke paas, you know, just stop talking to them till this conflict is, uh, is resolved. Do not 
you know, correspond with the other party. And children are simply not equipped to handle that kind of you mean you uh, mean when parents tell uh, their children yeah. about their grandparents that you're not yeah. supposed to go and talk to them yeah grandparents yes absolutely i mean what has the child got to do with it? it's a conflict between two adults mm. just keep the child out of it right don't say don't go to i mean don't talk to the other party just because i am having a conflict with them you mm. are adults children don't have anything to do with that right yeah yeah and the third thing is you know and this is quite human and i think even though I may sound a little, I don't know, gender biased, but I think we women do it a lot. We just cannot let go of the past. We try to dig up the past in every kind of a situation. So I think just letting go of the past and talking about just that particular situation to resolve it, I think that is something that we need to learn, but we end up digging up the past a lot more. And what happens is that it escalates the situation just beyond whatever it was like sometimes we see that it, it a mountain blows out from a molehill you know typical mm. situations and that happens just because we cannot let go of the past we keep digging up you know all that so actually i see couples for therapy right yeah. And you know, this is one of the golden rules in marital therapy right. that if you're having a conflict, do not yeah. bring up the past. Absolutely. Because that's the first thing that comes out when you're trying to attack and blame, you know, as you said, the other person. The yeah. first thing, oh, but you did this then and you did yeah. that then. And yeah. are they, <laughs> talk, stick to the issue right now. And it's, I like literally, I get couples to fight with each other. Yeah. And then I sort of tell them that, you know what, now you have to replay that fight without bringing up the past. And you yeah. know, they're like, okay, <laughs> what do we say now? <laughs> wow, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. So the escalation happens just because it all, you know, adds up. And yeah, most of the times it's just like, you know, that last straw, right? Mm. You just like, you know, kept tolerating a lot. And suddenly it's like too much, right? So I think this is also another thing, the you know, talking about the conflict just, you know, at the moment for the situation yeah. alone will actually diffuse a lot of it. You're yeah. not keeping up pent up emotions, yeah. right? So that is a big thing. And then the, I think the last thing that we all uh, unconsciously do is judging uh, behavior and judging the child's behavior, especially based on some preconceived notions of the adults. Like, for example, now, just now we discussed that, you know, we tend to kind of generalize behaviors, right? Tum aise karte ho, you know, so mm. that happens, that becomes like a behavioral trait, a characteristic trait of some person, you know, some adult in the family. And now suddenly you are now judging the child's behavior, saying, you know, something, you know, yeah. your, your conflict uh, counterpart is suddenly, you know, becomes a judging point for the child and the child is now suddenly confused. So what? Okay, my daddy, my ma. So yeah, I'm supposed to be <laughs> a part of them, right? So it's all very confusing and too much for the child, right? So yeah. yeah. But it also, I think, teaches the kids to that, yeah. you know, it's acceptable to talk about the people they love in such yeah. an insensitive and insulting manner. Yeah, I absolutely. Think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely very insensitive. And it's uh, sometimes people don't realize the kind of burden that puts on the child. You yeah. know, the child is not equipped to take sides, shouldn't have to take sides. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if the child is forced to take sides, ultimately, yeah. it can actually even have an impact on the child's self-esteem and interfere with the child's ability to form healthy relationships in the future. Yeah. So we're definitely not doing our kids any favors. No, absolutely not.
We'll be right back after a short break. Welcome back. Now, Shobha, let's discuss how we can handle these conflicts. You know, I reckon there's no easy way out, you know, because, you know, they're rocky waters. So what do you think are some of the top tips that we can share with our listeners for managing these conflicts? Yeah, I think some of the things that I can think from the top of my head are, um, you know, one is, you know, if you are a family unit, right, just like any other unit, for example, if you're working in a corporate setting, you have some corporate policies, some rules in a school for the child, there are some rules to follow. Similarly, in a family, a family also deserves to follow some rules, some protocols, right, because there are so many other people, so many people, members forming a unit, so people will have priorities. So setting family protocols is very, very important, according to me, and it's plays a major role in conflict management. And especially for the person who is at home the most, the person who's interacting with the other people the most, usually the women, of course, there are some, many men also doing it now, but usually the, the women, if there is a lot of uh, you know confusion about roles and uh, if there is only one particular kind of expectation you know, from the person who is spending the most time at home or the person who is taking the most responsibility for the other people at home, protocols are very, very important. For example, if there is a cooking schedule, uh, if there is something that needs to be done, then having an understanding about these rules or these protocols is, you know, it makes life so much easier, mm. right? So family protocols is one, then align uh, family values. So if you have uh, a value, for example, if I have a value um, that I believe in, for example, I believe in hard work, right? And if I have to inculcate that in my child, then I will do certain things according to my values. Now, if the other people in the family cannot understand where my actions are coming from, then it's important to let the other people know that my families are where my actions are coming from. And I want to really align my actions with my values. And that becomes eventually becomes a family value as well, because I'm an important member of the family, right? So I think communication, communicating that is very important. Aligning, first of all, understanding your values, aligning your actions, and then aligning your communication to the values and the actions is very important. And the third thing I think, Meghna, is, uh, you know, leaving core decisions of parenting to parents alone. Hmm. This may not be an issue in, in some families, but in many families, it's still a very important uh, issue because sometimes we see that parents are not able to, you know, believe that now, okay, now I am an adult and I am supposed to take responsibility for, you know, another human or other humans, right? Sometimes it happens, you know. And then also on the other side, where grandparents still think that their adult children are still children and they still need to do many things for them. It's not so on both sides. So, so they, they need to do many things for them is okay. But the mm. problem is when mm. the grandparents expect that my adult children will still do things that according to me, yeah, in, even in their parenting. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. And yeah, and whether we like it or not, it happens a lot. But I think again, communication is paramount here. And mm. um, I think basically, I think 
the beginning should come from the parents themselves rather than mm-hmm. the grandparents i would say because i think parents should really own up to the fact that okay now i'm responsible not only for my children but also for myself right so take mm. responsibility for myself and communicate wherever communication needs to happen please communicate right mm. so that one and then um work towards creating a culture of respect now you said uh, brought up a very important you know very beautiful point where you said that sometimes grandparents think that even though the parents are now adults they need to do or they are expected to do a lot of things according to what i expect them to do it mm. is not necessarily so right we all know that you know if you have lived with two or more people you know necessarily that conflicts will happen you need not agree on anything in fact too much agreement is not good you have to disagree <laughs> right if you are agreeing on everything then there's something wrong right but again communicating you know that with the priority of building a culture of respect around that communication right and making it a point that not agreeing to something is not disrespecting right it's not equal to disrespecting i just don't agree with what you're saying that doesn't mean i don't dis i don't respect you that doesn't mean i want to disrespect you i have my reasons and i want you to listen to my reasons i will listen to your reasons right so when you do that i think children absorb it naturally you don't have to teach them to be respectful so they understand that respect and disagreement are two different things disagreement is about thinking independently weighing your options respect is about communicating properly so these are two different things right so i think if we have these four pillars all set up in a family unit then conflicts can reduce to a great extent is what i think i love that uh, i love that shobha especially this bit about you know understanding that you know i am responsible for the things that i take up right and not necessarily because you know in a lot of families what i've also seen is that parents implicitly are expecting the grandparents mm. to you know take care of the children and yet at the same time uh, you know there is the conflict happening because the parent wants things to be done in a certain way and mm. the grandparent wants things to be done in a completely opposite way and that's right. where a lot of clashes occur you know i'm reminded of this uh very very <laughs> it was very horrific to me actually so you also talked about values right right so i i value as a person i value health and healthy eating a lot hmm. and the time when uh, you know so i had a nanny for my daughter and i was leaving her and going to work for the first time and she was barely like 9 months old and uh, i had given all the instructions to nanny so it was not like my mother in law was expected to take care of my child that was never in the plan but she wanted to sort of take over and you know all of that and when i came back uh, from work that day i saw her feeding my child biscuits dipped in tea and i was <laughs> got the biggest shock of my life i was so shocked that i could not speak and i was like oh my god like i was screaming inside i was like this is like completely against my values this is completely against anything that i want for my child this is not mm-hmm. even something i've instructed my nanny to do how mm. could my mother in law do something like that it was such yeah. a shock for me so uh, anyway so i mean it just got i just got reminded of uh, i actually didn't handle it i just remained quiet i think i should have as you said you know open communication goes a long way i right. teach the same thing to my clients in therapy as well yeah should have spoken up i guess but i didn't 
but oh my god that was mm-hmm. one incident that i still <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> sense shivers down my spine and of course after that i made sure that such a thing never repeats itself again but it's it's a struggle right i mean it's a uphill struggle and this is just one of the examples right i'm sure my mother in law also has many many examples to give from yeah. her side right? right so which which brings me really to the point that you know these are tough conversations right you yes. this, these are i mean the reason why i did not have that conversation with my mother in law because it was a tough conversation right yeah. it yeah. would have probably involved a lot of confrontation yeah. a lot of negotiation with yeah. somebody who you know we love or don't yeah <laughs> and uh, it's difficult to approach these conversations with a calm and clear head especially because your values are involved your child is involved so yeah. so let's quickly talk about how we can actually have these difficult conversations yeah uh, yeah i think you're right and most of us uh, avoid these confrontations avoid these conflicts just because it is so difficult to you know you just don't want that you yeah. know you just don't sometimes you just don't have the energy but you know this can really become easy you know if we follow a five point agenda as i call it it's called gives okay uh, i would say g set a goal for your conversation whenever you you are in a conflict situation and you know that you need to talk it out then you start with a goal in your mind okay what is my goal of this conversation i definitely do not want to come out of it having a fight right mm. then two is know their intention behind their action understand why they did what they did right mm-hmm. three is uh, validate validate their feelings now if i have to go back to your example of you know how you could have taken the conversation forward your goal could have been you know just to make her understand that you do not want your child having tea with biscuits that is not a snack option for your child that is your mm. goal that Absolutely. is your goal Absolutely. that is your goal is to make her understand that right yeah now the second is your your second point is to know why she did what she did perhaps she did it because uh, your daughter did not have a good lunch that day right maybe she just wanted to fill her up with something let her eat something at least right mm. most of us do that right okay kuch to khane do okay instead of mm. so sometimes it just doesn't go well with us but that might be their intention no but that was actually i think yeah. i know that yeah that yeah. was definitely her intention that you know she didn't eat she was a very very poor eater and you know exactly. at least wo kuch wo nahi kha rahi to wo kha legi you know yeah, types, exactly you know? <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah so now that you know their intention now you definitely are not that angry anymore okay now you know okay she meant well okay maybe she yeah. didn't do the right thing okay but yeah. she meant well so now it becomes easier for you to validate also now you are understand okay their intentions are good maybe she didn't have a choice so now it's easier for you to open up and say okay thank you for thinking of it that way okay i completely understand but can we come up with something else you know can we do mm. something else so that mm. is validation so it just so after this point there is no there is no possibility of a conflict continuing because yeah, now because what will they yeah. they come, they can't have a comeback no yeah, if i tell my mother in law yeah. see i understand yeah. i get it yeah. you know if <laughs> yeah. i'm coming from a place of understanding what will she say that that's so true right yeah absolutely and then the e that we say this is exactly where you explain to them that okay this behavior is not very well aligned with my values but neither is it with your intention right mm. you wanted well for her mm. but this is not necessarily what happened right mm. so it opens up the flow f- to explain that right and then um s is 
you know, actually coming to a common solution. Maybe then you could, you know, you could have come up with some homemade, you are a good baker. So maybe you could have come up with homemade biscuits, you know, that your, your daughter would have liked as a snack, or maybe, uh, you know, some kind of a common other snack, like a bread or something, something that she mm. would like, right? So mm. that, that would have, and you could have told your mother-in-law that, you know, in the event of this happening again, please offer mm. her this, right? Mm. So that's mm. a common solution. And now there's no conflict, right? So now mm. it's a beautiful way to resolve. So I think these five point agenda works for any kind of situation. And it's just basically understanding the other's perspective. And even in marketing classes, I think this is what we are taught. <laughs> no, absolutely. I love that. Give. So G yeah. for goal, I for intention, V for validate, E for explain, S for solve. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. I hope all of us are able to apply gives to tough conversations with our kids' grandparents, whether they're our own parents and in-laws. And uh, have these tough conversations and, uh, you know, handle conflicts with them so that parenting becomes easier and those conflicts don't end up adversely impacting our kids. So thanks so much, Shobha. This was very insightful. So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening to Big Talk About Tiny Humans, our podcast for parents and educators. Hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Listen and subscribe to Big Talk About Tiny Humans on the IVM Podcasts app, website, and all major audio platforms. We are available everywhere. You can follow us on social media and online. Meghna is at The Therapist Mommy on Instagram and YouTube. And you can check out her website, raisingfamilyacademy.com for a transformative course on raising your child with emotional intelligence. And Devi Shobha is at Kidskintha on Twitter and Instagram. And check out kidskintha.com for in-depth articles and events on parenting and child development. While you're at it, do also check out other great shows from the IVM Podcasts Network at shows.ivmpodcasts.com. And IVM is on social media at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We'll catch you again on our next episode. 